The following is a paid program. Advice and opinions expressed during the program are solely that of Watertown Regional Medical Center, not WBEV or Good Karma Brands. Let's head over to Amy Hudson. All right. Thanks very much, L.A. Good morning and welcome to the 1110 show here on your hometown station, 95.3 WBEV, powered by Daily Dodge, live from the Slumberland Studios. I'm Amy Hudson. Watertown Regional Medical Center, as L.A. shared, is our focus today, specifically orthopedics and sports medicine. And I'm so happy to welcome back to the airwaves Dr. Jason Habick. Um, Dr. Habick specializes in general orthopedics and reconstructive orthopedics at Watertown Regional Medical Center, and he treats the hip and knee pain that you might have going on. Arthritis, yay for me, that's what I have. Trauma, fractures, carpal tunnel syndrome, and trigger fingers. So really looking forward to talking with Jason uh, throughout the show today. And of course, we're going to welcome your calls on the Ho-Chunk Gaming Wisconsin Dells Lucky Numbers Hotline, which is 885 885- Four 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 six. Now, I need to ask this right out of the gate, um, Dr. Jason Havoc. Am I pronouncing your last name properly? Good morning. Good morning. Uh, yes. Can you hear me? Okay. I can. Thank you so much for making the time to join us. It's been a while since we've had a chance to talk. So, for those folks that didn't catch the show last time you were on the air with us, um, let's start with you, Dr. Havoc. Share a little bit about your background and how you came to be a part of the team there in the orthopedics department, sports medicine at Watertown Regional Medical Center. Sure. So, so we can start from the beginning. Uh, I, I was born and raised in Rhinelander, Wisconsin, which is you know about three and a half hours north of yeah. Watertown Beaver Dam area. Uh, graduated from Rhinelander High School and then went to UW Madison. I did four years of college at UW Madison and then stayed on for four more years of medical school. So I got my medical degree from Madison. At that point. Uh, orthopedics takes a long time uh, to kind of finally finish your education, but five more years after that in Kalamazoo, Michigan. That was at Western Michigan University. And that's a general orthopedic education where you really tackle everything from head to toes, uh, spine and pediatrics, hand surgery, uh, trauma or broken bones, joint replacements, sports medicine, and everything in between. Hmm. Uh, So after those five years, I then went to Florida for one more year of additional training. Uh, That training was in hip and knee replacement, and basically all of the conservative and surgical treatments that that are involved with hip and knee arthritis uh, or damage. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then at that point, I joined Watertown. I've been here for about five years. Oh, that's great. Congratulations. What was it that sparked your interest specifically in orthopedics and sports medicine, Dr. Havoc? Yeah, orthopedics, for me, it was really an interest in sports is what brought me into orthopedics, uh, really active as a youth in high school, um, participated in pretty much every sport there was, and that initially got me into like sports medicine, and I thought, you know, I would love to treat athletes and college and professional athletes, and that really drew me to orthopedics in high school already. Wow. My mom was a, a registered nurse. Uh, my dad's a uh, retired civil engineer, mm-hmm. and sort of the blend of an engineering-type mindset and healthcare really is orthopedics. It's, it's like 
a bit of construction in a way, but also, you know, taking great care of patients. So since high school, I pretty much had in mind that I wanted to do orthopedic surgery. And then once I got into my residency and, and really got to see everything that was out there, I got really interested in hip and knee replacement. Okay. Um, let's. How about uh, let's let's start with expanding on on hip and knee replacements specifically. Um, you know, every now and again, folks will complain uh, when there's a change in the weather. Oh, my hip hurts. Oh, my knee hurts. Must be the weather. Uh, but most likely, there is something more going on there than just a, a change in in the weather. What are some of those common reasons? Those common symptoms uh, for knee pain for hip pain. Yeah. So. So pain is obviously the most obvious one. Uh, the hip joint is actually not on the side of the leg. It's more deep down in the groin. Uh, so groin pain would be the most common site for hip arthritis. And then obviously the knee uh, pain is the most common. Other other signs or symptoms can be like a reduced ability to do physical activity or exertion, any swelling, especially in the knee joint. You can see if your knee is swollen, it'll be a little bigger or full of fluid. Um, limited range of motion, so you're not quite able to move in the same way that you were uh, prior would mm-hmm. be the main symptoms. Okay. And surgery isn't always the, the first go-to for folks. What are some of uh, the non-surgical solutions that, that you can recommend to your patients at Watertown Regional Medical Center? Yeah, I think surgery is not only not the first option, but usually the last the last option, we, we usually start simple and, and work our way up to more complex treatments. So there's, I always call it my toolbox of things that we can treat patients with, with arthritis. And it starts with very conservative things like over-the-counter medications like anti-inflammatories or Tylenol. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, there's a lot of people that are trying different supplements. Uh, supplements are a little tricky because we haven't researched them as much, but people are having good luck with things like turmeric or other joint supplements that they take over the counter. Okay. With knees in particular, knee braces or compression sleeves can be really beneficial. Physical therapy is a very non-invasive way to treat hip or knee arthritis. It won't necessarily make the arthritis any better, but it definitely can get things stretched out and strengthened and feeling better and trying to maximize our function. Uh, we also have injections that we offer, so now we're getting into a little more invasive, uh, but injections are done in the clinic. We do several different types of injections, like cortisone or steroid. Sometimes for knees, we do gel injections, which are more of a lubricant, mm-hmm. and then also we're doing PRP injections for hip and knee arthritis. Uh, PRP stands for platelet-rich plasma, which okay. is where we take a small sample of the patient's blood and then spin it down in a centrifuge and inject the healthy plasma back into the, the painful joint. Wow. Um, you know, canes, walking sticks, walkers, those are all part of the treatment of arthritis. And I think for most people, we really try to exhaust non-surgical measures before we get to the point of joint replacement. Sure. We're talking with Dr. Jason Havoc. Uh, Jason is with Watertown Regional Medical Center in their orthopedics and sports medicine uh, practice. And you have such an impressive background, um, you know, general orthopedics, reconstructive orthopedics. Um, I mentioned earlier at the start of the show that, you know, you help to treat hip and knee pain, arthritis, trauma, fractures, carpal tunnel syndrome, trigger finger, so many things. And we 
are going to head to the phones, uh, to the Ho-Chunk Gaming, Wisconsin Dells Lucky Numbers Hotline. Good morning. You are on the air with Dr. Jason Havick from Watertown Regional Medical Center. Hi, doctor. Uh, I met you a couple weeks ago. Um, I heard you on the radio last time that you were on. I don't know if you remember me. My name is Pat. Um, yeah, good morning, Pat. Good morning. I thought I'd give a little shout and let people know um, what you found. And uh, my friend had hip surgery done in Madison 10 years ago by somebody that was supposed to be really good. Actually, my mother had it done by the same doctor, never had a problem. My friend had it done by the same doctor and had pain continually after the surgery. The doctor originally did the surgery, looked at it. I don't think they took the time like this doctor did to find out what was wrong. Had surgery done for nerve pain. That didn't do it. So 10 years of pain. We listen to this doctor on the radio. We go visit him. He takes pictures, and he nailed it. He found exactly what was wrong, or at least we're hoping so. So at least we got hope. And with that being said, this guy knows his stuff. What more can I say? Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm glad you were on the radio because we'd have never found you. So I want everybody to know out there that, and plus he's a great guy. I mean, you couldn't ask for a nicer guy, and he knows what he's doing. That's all I can say. And thank you. I, I appreciate that, Pat. All right. We'll see you soon. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, sounds good. All right. Bye-bye. Yeah, just to comment on that, you know, a big part of, of Am I still there? Oh, yeah, you are. Yeah, we got gotcha. you. Yeah. A big part of my job is, is working up painful joint replacements. I think a lot of times people will seek out fellowship-trained orthopedic surgeons to sort of work up joint replacements that aren't going well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I love kind of figuring out the problem. Like, people have joint replacements that may look good on x-ray, but we really need to work them up further and, and figure out what's going wrong or, or what the problem is. Mm-hmm. Uh, typically, it's a very sort of algorithmic approach to how you work up a painful joint replacement, uh, and, and that's a big part of what I do in clinic is is seeing people that maybe didn't get the result they wanted from their hip and knee replacement and try to figure out what's going wrong with it. Mm-hmm. Dr. Jason Habick with Watertown Regional Medical Center from their Orthopedics and Sports Medicine uh, Department with us here this morning. Feel free to give us a call on the Ho-Chunk Gaming Wisconsin Dells Lucky Numbers Hotline with your questions at 885-4446. Or if you have something to share, like Pat did, uh, I loved hearing from Pat that he, you know, would not have uh, ended up in in your office, in your department there at Watertown Regional Medical Center um, had he not heard you on the air. Um, I think that was at least a couple of months ago. Uh, Dr. Havoc. So that's really great. And I love that he said that you're all around just a great guy. Yeah, that, that's very nice. <laughs> I think, it, yeah, I think it was at least a couple months ago. Yeah. Uh, but I do remember him calling in and, and sort of talking about his friend's problem and and we, we try to do the best we can to figure out what's going on. Absolutely. And I noticed when I went to watertownregional.com this morning, the very first thing that popped up was it's all about uh, the robotic-assisted knee replacement. And uh, talks. it doesn't say a whole lot because, of course, you know, you, you want to call to find out more information and, most importantly, set an appointment. Um, but I really want you to share um, what this is all about, what, what that means that, that some could have a, a knee replacement that is, um, you know, assisted or done by a, a robot for that that more precise knee replacement. Um, would you like to talk about that and and share share those details with us? Because this sounds amazing. I w- I would love to talk about it. Uh, we 
have a robotic-assisted knee replacement at Watertown now. Okay. For all first-time knee replacements, I got the robot about five months ago, and, and since that time I've done every first-time knee replacement with the robot assisting. Okay. It, the orthopedic knee robot is a little different than some of the other robots that are in medicine. Okay, like how I think so? The da, Vin- the da Vinci might be the most common one, and, and that's used by general surgery and, and OB-GYN and urology. Uh, very fascinating, but there's usually a surgeon sitting in the corner of the room on, on sort of a control panel uh, with the robot, you know, really doing the surgery. In orthopedics, it's much more of a tool. It's a precision tool that I use to complete the surgery. I'm still doing the surgery basically myself. I'm, I'm at the patient's side the entire time. But it's a very precise tool that helps me hit my target, so to speak, on a very consistent basis. Okay. The way it works is this particular robot doesn't require any imaging before surgery. A lot of the older robots, and and I did a lot of robotic knee replacements in my fellowship, they needed a CT scan or an MRI before surgery. Uh, But this is an imageless uh, tool. So the way it works is we do the same approach to the knee, so there's no smaller incision. It's the same size incision. But I put markers or pins into the tibia and the femur, which are the shin bone and the thigh bone. And onto those pins, we put markers so that the robot and the computer can track where the knee is in space. At that point, I basically map out all the anatomic landmarks of the knee, of the knee joint and the ankle so we get our alignment right uh, and find the center of the hip joint. And at that point, I can look at the, at the computer and basically plan how I'm going to cut the bone to get things aligned just the way we want them to. And then the robot comes in to the surgical field, and it helps me make the cuts or the or the resections of the bone. Okay. It's a very precise tool. So if my assistant is, you know, moving the knee in space, the robot will the robotic uh, arm will move in real time uh, with the movement of the patient because again we've got the we've got the pins in the bone, so it, it's extremely accurate and precise, and it helps me get a well balanced knee at the end of the day. You had mentioned that this is specifically for first-time knee replacements. Um, how, I, I'm sure it just depends on, you know, the patient, but is it common for someone to need more than one re- knee replacement throughout their lifetime? It's not com- It's not the norm, but it is not uncommon. Okay. I think if we look at the evidence, at about 20 years out, from a first-time knee replacement, mm-hmm. somewhere in the range of 10 to 15% uh, need a knee redone. And in the United States, the most common reasons for that would be either an infection, uh, loosening of the implants, or even fracture. Oh. So if you fall and, and break a bone, uh, you, can, you can break around a joint replacement the same way you could, like, break a hip that's not replaced. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those are the most common reasons that I need to redo a knee replacement that's been done in the past. Okay. Uh, it's a regular part of my practice. I probably do a couple redos or revisions every month. Okay. But if you think about how many joint replacements are out there, it's not incredibly common after after a joint replacement. Does the recovery time for a patient vary if they have a knee replacement that has been assisted by the robot or is it is it the same? How is there a difference? 
That's a really good question. I've I've done at least 50 uh, since we got them. And this is anecdotal evidence at this point, but they seem to be moving better in regards to range of motion. Seems to be less swelling and a quicker recovery. Again, that's anecdotal. I think when we look at, again, research and evidence, we know when we use robotics that we are more precise in our alignment of the knee joint. Uh, long-term, better alignment will lead to better survivorship of the joint replacement, like a higher likelihood that it won't loosen over time. There's some big databases looking at tens of thousands of joint replacements, and at about the 10 or 12-year mark, we start to see a difference between how long these knees are lasting when we use technology versus not. So the short-term evidence is a little harder because Everybody gets a little swollen and painful after a knee replacement. I think in the last couple of months, I've seen a lot of patients that are just doing really fantastic at a very early time frame. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the evidence is certainly there for long-term outcomes from this from this added technology. Sure. Um, I have one of my sisters has had both of her knees replaced, not at the same time. And this has been a couple of years ago, a different area of the state. But uh, she had shared with me after each of them how they had her up and walking just like that. What is, can you shine a light on what it is like for a patient coming out of that knee replacement? Are they really up and walking right away like my sister told me? What What is that like? Is it is it an overnight stay in the hospital? Is it an outpatient thing? What can someone expect um, immediately following that knee replacement? So I think your your sister is, is the normal. We like people to be walking on it the day of surgery or at the very latest the morning after. So you're up on it. You're putting full weight on it, usually with the assistance of a walker or crutches. Uh, but you are able to put all your weight on it, and you're walking on it right away. Or wow. as soon as you're, as soon as kind of the numbness and tingling of the of the surgery and the anesthesia wears off, uh, we typically do spinal anesthesia, okay. which may sound scary, but it's actually much safer <laughs> for the patient than a general anesthesia. So once that numbness uh, from the anesthesia wears off, we get you up and walking right away. We do some outpatient joint replacements. I'd say the vast majority of my patients at this point in time still spend the night in the hospital. Okay. But for patients that are very healthy and really want to go home the same day, that's certainly an option. But if there's any major medical conditions, we always want to keep those patients at least one night in the hospital, and they typically go home the next day on average. Wow, that's, that's really amazing. It's a lot different than 15 or 20 years ago. I think the average length of stay was more like four or five days. Wow. Uh, The anesthesia part of things, uh, the precision that we're putting in these joint replacements, the approaches that we use, especially for the hip, uh, have brought that average length of stay to about one day. That's really amazing. That's a lot of progress in a short amount of time. We're talking with Dr. Jason Havoc. 
from Watertown Regional Medical Center. Jason is with the General Orthopedics and uh, Sports Medicine Institute, part of Watertown Regional Medical Center. This is a paid program. Advice and opinions expressed during the program are solely that of Watertown Regional Medical Center, not WBEV or Good Karma Brands. And of course, we welcome your calls on the Ho-Chunk Gaming Wisconsin Dells Lucky Numbers Hotline at 885-4446. I'm Amy Hudson here on your hometown station, 95.3 WBEV, powered by Daily Dodge, live from the Slumberland Studios, and we've been talking a lot about knee replacements and the robotic-assisted knee replacement that is offered at Watertown Regional Medical Center. And if you're just tuning in, um, I had asked Dr. Habick about the recovery time specifically for those knee replacement patients, and is it similar to what someone would experience um, coming out of a, of a hip replacement, Dr. Habick? I, I, in general, use the same sort of time frame when talking about recovery between hips and knees. Uh, typically, for people that are very active and, and working physical jobs 40 hours or more a week on their feet, a lot of times I'd, I start at about a three-month recovery. Most people are ready to return to work at three months, and obviously, if they're recovering faster, they can go back sooner, but that's the time frame I, I put for hips and knees just to kind of emphasize that it's a major surgery and, and it's going to take some time to heal from. What's I think in general, hips tend to heal a little quicker and easier than knee replacements. Okay. I think the big reason for that is what we're asking the patients to do with their knee versus their hip, mm-hmm. especially in regards to therapy. The goal with the knee replacement is to get that thing moving as good as we possibly can, and that's trying to get it fully straight and trying to bend it back as far as it'll go. Okay. With the hip, we really don't want people to be pushing their limits of, of how much they can move their hip. That would be a, a possible dislocation risk. We obviously want the hip to move really well, but I don't really want to see anybody like put their leg above their head after a hip replacement. <laughs> that's just not what we're doing. So it's a much more... I'd say low-key and functional rehab from the hips, and in general, they tend to get better a little quicker than a knee. Okay. And during that three-month recovery time uh, for both hips and knees, what is a patient experiencing? Is it a lot of physical therapy, um, you know, at the, at the center? Is it uh, doing a lot of exercises at home? Tell us about that. I think the rehab is obviously mostly going to happen at home, uh, we use therapy for pretty much all of our joint replacements, but physical therapy on average lasts about four to eight weeks, and it's usually about twice a week. So there's a lot more time that goes into this recovery than just two visits to a physical therapist mm-hmm. every week. I think of our physical therapy department like coaches, so they really can help guide the recovery, but there's going to be daily exercises and stretching to do at home. I think that's where the biggest gains are, are made. Okay. And we don't rely on the therapists for like a full recovery. That really needs to happen at home uh, with the guidance of our therapy department. Dr. Jason Havoc is our guest today. Dr. Havoc is with General Orthopedics, Reconstructive Orthopedics, part of Watertown Regional Medical Center at 123 Hospital Drive in Watertown. He's been on the team there, um, you said, uh, just five years, um, five years now, right? 
Correct. Yeah. And when uh, you talk about uh, you know the the team kind of being coaches there, who else is on your team at in the in the um, sports medicine and orthopedics department there at Watertown Regional Medical Center? It's a big team. Uh, <laughs> there's there's our clinic team, okay. which includes our therapy department, which is physical therapy, occupational therapy, uh, as well as lymphedema therapy. Lymphedema therapy is our experts in management of swelling or issues with like blood supply or or, or like vein re- venous return of um, there are swelling experts. Oh. Uh, also throughout the clinic we have three advanced practice providers. So we have two PAs and one nurse practitioner, which are extremely helpful uh, to me and Dr. Roman uh, to help us get things done. Mm-hmm. So we also have a full clinic staff, a few registered nurses, and then and then assistants that help us in the clinic, uh, rooming patients, putting in orders, and things like that. And if you expand a surgery, there, there's an entire team involved to make a surgery successful, including all the way up to the floor and the discharge planning. Uh, we have case managers that, that help with discharge needs, a great team of nurses on the floor to help patients recover, we have therapy in the hospital as well. So there's therapists in the hospital that work with patients right after surgery until they're ready to go home. And then in the operating room, we have surgical technicians, a great anesthesia team. Uh, so if you're going to have a knee replacement, you're probably going to run into about 25 different people that are going that are going to help. Uh, help you get better and recover. Wow, you were not kidding. You do have a really big team there, and it sounds like a great team. Yeah, it's a fantastic team. I always tell my patients that my team is is fantastic, and they they make my life a lot easier uh, (laughs) because they take great care of our patients. Dr. Jason Havoc is our guest today uh, with the Watertown Regional Medical Center Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. So easy for folks to set an appointment at Watertown Regional Medical Center. I had mentioned watertownregional.com earlier in the show. And um, along with the information that pops up about the robotic-assisted knee replacement, it's also really easy for folks right there at watertownregional.com to schedule an appointment. And of course, folks can call to do that at 920-206-6500. I was over in Juneau on Saturday, Dr. Havoc, for the uh, wrestling sectionals, and I saw that Watertown Regional Regional Medical Center had a presence there in the big gym. They had three mats down, so much happening throughout the tournament, and I was excited to see Watertown Regional Medical Center set up there, um, you know, for the athletes that needed any type of assistance that, that was happening throughout the tournament yeah i think i think our institution's done a really good job with with helping the community whether it's covering friday night football games or those big wrestling meets um really being able to help outside of our our brick and mortar so to speak uh it requires a lot of sacrifice and and you know volunteers at times to do those types of things but but i think we really we really push the the health of the community, and and that's what you're seeing on on a Saturday at a high school wrestling meet. Yeah, it was it was really great to see. Um, our. 
phone line is open, of course. The Ho-Chunk Gaming Wisconsin Dells Lucky Numbers Hotline open for your calls. If you have a question for Dr. Habick, don't be shy. If you want to share a little bit about your specific situation, um, Dr. Habick, happy to um, offer you some advice and, and have you set an appointment. But our Ho-Chunk Gaming Wisconsin Dells Lucky Numbers Hotline for your calls today is 885-4446. I'm Amy Hudson here on your hometown station, 95.3 WBEV, powered by Daily Dodge, live from the Slumberland Studios. And when he talked uh, about, you know, being in the community, um, Dr. Habick, I love that, you know, even though you've you've been, you know, between Wisconsin, Michigan, some time in Florida, it really does feel like your heart led you back to Wisconsin. You're a, a dad of, of three young kiddos and really active. Um, how's the, the ice hockey been so far for you and the family this year? Yeah, so so I have an outdoor uh, ice hockey rink in my yard. The <laughs> weather hasn't been super cooperative. Like with all this warm weather, I'm kind of watching my ice and making sure my, my ice doesn't melt too much. But we've gotten out there when we can a lot. Uh, it's probably been skatable for about six or seven weeks. Oh. And we're out there every chance we get. That is really cool. So the the whole family participates. Yeah. Yeah, my I have a six, five, and three-year-old. They all have hockey skates. Uh, the three-year-old started on skates this year. Oh wow! Uh, she's still kind of using a walker or a chair most of the time to scoot around. But but they absolutely love being out there, and and it's a great way to get outside when the weather's maybe not not as great as we'd like. <laughs> and we have some of that not so great weather headed our way later this week. But we're used to it. It's still winter, and we're we're in Wisconsin, so we just have to power through it. Exactly. <laughs> Dr. Jason Havoc is our guest today. Uh, Jason is on the team at Watertown Regional Medical Center, Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. You had mentioned your toolbox of things earlier in the show, Dr. Havoc. Just, you know, everyone is different. Um, so their their journey regarding, you know, whether it's a knee replacement, a hip replacement, it's going to be different for every person. Um, when someone makes that initial appointment and they are in your office, office. Um, I'm sure it's like a lot of learning. They're sharing with you what's going on and, and you're going to, to educate them on, on what the options are for them specifically. Is there a typical age for someone um, regarding having to think about getting a knee replacement or does it just vary on uh, family history and what that specific person has been through? You know, maybe it's a sports injury rather than something um, that, that is part of, you know, family history. It's a good question. I think there's a general age, but there really is a variety of ages that would benefit from joint replacement, and I'd say that's all the way from age you know, 18 to 99. Oh, wow. Uh, in general, the most common age would be between the ages of 50 and 70. Okay. Uh, I think uh, recently we've, we've gotten to the point that the majority of patients that are having hip and knee replacements are now under the age of 65. Oh. Uh, which is the Medicare age. So over half of the joint replacements that we do are on patients under 65. Huh. I think in the past, if you were 30 or 40 and you had really bad arthritis, you might have an orthopedic surgeon that would say, you're too young to have your joint replaced. Mm-hmm. This really, I think, is dated advice. The reason to get your joint replaced isn't your age, but it's how much pain are you having, what is your mobility like, and how much is it limited by your joint arthritis, and quality of life. Mm 
Mm-hmm. So there, there really isn't an age cutoff. It's a personal decision that the patient makes on their own uh, with, with my advice and counseling. Uh, but there's no age cutoff. I've, I've done a fair number of joint replacements. Some people in their 20s and 30s, uh, a couple of teenagers that, you know, it's, it's a quality of life issue. And there really is no age. There's no age cutoff for young folks. And there really isn't an age cutoff uh, as you kind of get into the 80s and 90s. Uh, a big big part of that is how healthy you are and how active you are. But if we have someone in their 90s who's really healthy and really active and their joint arthritis is preventing them from doing what gives them joy in life, they're a great candidate for a joint replacement too. Absolutely. Is there an average... Um I'm not quite sure how to phrase this. Is there an average lifespan or um, on on that knee replacement or or that hip replacement regarding the material that is being used? Will will it be expected to to last twenty years or you know fifteen years? The the old sort of dogma was twenty years out of a joint replacement would be great. And I think that still kind of hangs around in the communities, but it's really not true. Okay. Uh, we've gotten a lot better with design of the implants. In particular, there's typically plastic that gets implanted with both a knee and a hip replacement. And that plastic used to wear out like any sort of bearing surface, like a car part. Mm-hmm. And that lifespan of that plastic was typically 15 to 25 years and that's where you get the 20-year with our new... So in about 2001, we began changing how we manufactured this plastic. We, we started to do extra cross-linking, and, it, you know, it's kind of chemistry, but these plastics don't route anymore like oh. they used to in the past. Wow. Now, if they're, if they're put in, you know, not in quite the proper alignment or things weren't put in quite the right way, they can still wear if they're not in a good position. But a well-positioned implant, there really is no reason for that to fail. Uh, so I'll, I'll tell everybody, whether they're 25 or 85, that the joint replacement that we're putting in, the plan is this will last the rest of your life. And I mentioned earlier, that's not true for everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, 10 to 15% by about the 20 to 25-year mark end up needing a redo for whatever reason. Uh, but the plan, every single time, is for this thing to last forever, and for the unfortunate 10% that need something done, uh, we just kind of manage that as it comes, but but there's no, you know, it's not like a, buying a car tire where you, where you sort of know after X amount of miles you're gonna need new tires. It really doesn't apply to these joint replacements anymore. That's really, that's really cool. Um, I'm pretty blown away just regarding what you shared there about the, the plastic components and how those, those parts don't wear out like they used to. And I, I still I still do redos quite often on hips that were done in the 90s. The, the hips were notorious for that, that modular, that plastic piece wearing out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the plastic wearing out can cause debris in the joint that actually causes some damage. Oh. Uh, so we're watching those much closer, the ones that were done over 20 years ago, and, mm-hmm. and I still routinely will have to go in and, and fix those. Since 2001 and and 
you know, most places in the United States by 2002 or 2003 were using this new plastic, and there's no evidence of wear at all, which is pretty amazing. That is amazing. Uh, considering how much we, we use all those joints, we need them. Um, there's a song that I think of from time to time, um, uh, something, wear sunscreen, and it's about someone giving advice to a graduating class, and one of the lines is, be good to your knees, you will miss them someday. Absolutely. <laughs> Dr. Jason Havoc is our guest today. Uh, Dr. Havoc is with General Orthopedics, Reconstructive Orthopedics at Watertown Regional Medical Center, part of their orthopedics and sports medicine team. Super easy for you to make an appointment with Dr. Havoc. Give him a call at 920-206-6500 or online. It's so easy at watertownregional.com. One of the first things you will see when the page pops up is um, the, 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 the little box in the lower right corner that will help you schedule your appointment and get you started and, and have that conversation and also start um, the education process of what that means if you need a joint replacement. Dr. Havoc, of course, happy to take your calls on the air here today on the Ho-Chunk Gaming Wisconsin Dell's Lucky Numbers Hotline at 885-4446. We've covered a lot during our time on the air today, Dr. Havoc. Um, is there anything that we haven't uh, uh, touched on that, that you would like to talk about? Yeah, I think there may be one question floating around in, in the listener's mind, and that is, why are you not doing robotics for hip replacement? Oh. And I have a great answer to that. Okay. Uh, at this point in time, the robotics that we're using in orthopedics are, are most beneficial for knee replacements. Okay. And in my fellowship, there was a robotic option for hip replacements. So in regards to the knee, the robot is extremely useful for balancing the knee, uh, making the cuts, things like that. And the capability of a robot in a hip replacement is m much more limited. Uh, with the robot I was using in fellowship, again, we would need a CT scan ahead of time, and the robot could help put the cup or put the socket in the way we wanted. Okay. But there's a whole lot more that goes into a hip replacement than just putting a socket in. You also have to put a stem in, and we're really conscious of how much we're lengthening the leg and also offset, which is how far we're putting the center of the hip range of motion from the center of the pelvis. The robot does not do that for hip replacements. Okay. But what I use here, and, and I feel like the robot for the knee is probably the, the best technology we have, but I'm using a computer here for my hip replacements, which, which I feel is, is the best technology that we have right now. The way my computer works for hip replacements is we're taking x-rays in real time as we're doing the hip replacement. These x-rays get sent to my computer, mm -hmm. and the computer can give me exact measurements and angles of how I'm putting in the cup and the stem. So I know exactly what angle the cup's going in to make sure it's in an appropriate position, mm -hmm. because, again, I, I mentioned that plastic can still wear out if, if the implants aren't put in correctly. Yeah. So instead of me somewhat guessing or looking at the x-rays and saying it looks good enough, I'm getting data like 18 degrees in this direction and 40 degrees in the in the next direction, and I know exactly where I'm putting these implants. But it also, before I put the final implants in, it will tell me exactly how much I'm lengthening the leg as well as the offset. 
and gives me multiple different options for the type of implant I'm using to get things in exactly like we want to. And, and the robotic application for hips uh, currently does not use any of that. Wow. Um, yeah, when you talk about data versus guessing, like, oh, it looks good. I want data every time. I want, I want, I want it to be as precise as possible. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> we, want to, we want to know before we leave surgery that things are exactly like we want. When you mentioned the different type of implants, how many different types of implants are there? Um, you, you mentioned that when you were talking about hip replacements. There's a, there's a, ton, <laughs> a ton. There's a lot. There's a lot out there. Okay. Uh, there's probably four or five major implant companies that all make really, really good orthopedic implants. Uh, typically, a surgeon will pick one implant company, and then so within that company, there's typically a wide variety of style of hip replacements, uh, especially on like the stem side or on the femur side. There's the ones that I use for my anterior hips or my hips from the front, which is more the minimally invasive uh, approach. I use that about 90% of the time. The implants are specially designed for that approach. They take away less bone. They get their fixation very close to the hip joint. If I need to do revisions or go from the side for different reasons, I use a different stem for that. Uh, it engages more of the bone in the thigh. Uh, and then when you get into like redos or revisions, uh, there's about, you know, within each implant company, there's probably about three different stem options. And then the, the most interesting part is once you pick a stem, there are so many different options in regards to neck length and head size and different liners to use to get things measured up exactly like, like you want it to. Uh, if you just looked at it, it's a bit overwhelming on how many options you have. But but once you once you find what you're what you're aiming for, you you sort of have a direction that you're headed on how you do things each time. But there are so many options out there. That's really that's really cool. And is there um, a typical like an average time someone can expect to spend in the OR for a hip or knee replacement, or is that truly just dependent upon? upon the individual patient like is it you know it's going to be at least an hour you know for you to to be in surgery for your knee replacement yeah it it is somewhat dependent because certain people have like a worse knee or a worse hip than mm -hmm. others even if they're if they're both severe arthritis there's varying degrees as to how stiff something is you know patient sizes or just the way that different patients are built can make a difference as well I would say, on average, uh, patients always ask me, how long does surgery take? And I always <laughs> tell them that there's, it's a two-part question. Okay. The first part is, how long does surgery take? How long does it take from the time we start the surgery to the time when we're done? And for both hips and knees, uh, it's about 60 to 90 minutes of, of surgery work. Uh, as long as things are moving efficiently, you know, it's usually not more than 90 minutes. Okay. Now, if if you're bringing a family member to surgery, I always tell them the second part of it is it's going to seem like a half-a-day project to the, to the patient's family. Uh, the reason being is, is they kind of get kicked out of the waiting room when the anesthesia starts, and they do nerve blocks to help with pain, and they do spinal anesthesia, and that all starts before we even get to the operating room. 
and that can take up to a half an hour. Mm-hmm. Once we get into the operating room, we have to get everything just right. We have to get the patient positioned right. We have to do prepping and draping, like getting the skin totally sterile. Uh, for all my joint replacements, I do two different preps to do everything I can to prevent infection. Uh, because the prep we use is alcohol-based, we have to sit there and wait for it to dry. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it would be a fire hazard. And then when we're all done, for the vast majority of joint replacements, we put a super glue mesh dressing on. So we have to sit there and wait for the super glue to dry. So the whole thing, if you're if you're with a family member having the surgery, I say it seems like a half a day, but in reality, it's it's just over an hour. Hmm. That's really interesting. I've really enjoyed our time on the air together today and so appreciative for you making the time uh, because you are a busy guy. You have a lot happening there in the orthopedics and sports medicine department at Watertown Regional Medical Center. So for you to take almost an hour out of your day to spend with us on the air is sincerely appreciated. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Always. Um, Before we formally wrap, Dr. Habick, anything else that you would like to share with our listeners? I think the last thing I'll mention is, is a lot of people are dealing with hip and knee pain and, and they're, they're, they're a bit scared uh, to come in to a, to a surgeon's office. And, and I think that makes perfect sense. Uh, I think in general, wherever you decide to go for orthopedics, you, you're, going to, you're going to get choices and different options. And, and finding a surgeon that's willing to work with you, again, some people are ready for a joint replacement the first or second time I meet them, but the vast majority of patients, I never tell anybody that they need to have their joint replaced. I tell them when it's a good option, and I give them all those different options in their toolbox, whether it's medications or braces or uh, injections, physical therapy. And if if your hip or knee is bothering you enough where it's, where it's having an impact on your life, uh, it's worth coming in and at least getting some advice on options and and again, I'll never tell you that you have to get a surgery done. You can just come in and, and figure out how to feel a little better and move a little a little easier. Yeah, and it, again, easy for folks to reach out and start that process um, either with a phone call, making an appointment at 206-6500, or setting that appointment online at watertownregional.com. Dr. Jason Havoc, it has been a sincere pleasure. I thank you again for your time, and I hope that we have a chance to get together again on the air here soon. Anytime. Thanks again. You're welcome. Thank you. Dr. Jason Havoc, General Orthopedics, Reconstructive Orthopedics at Watertown Regional Medical Center, part of their orthopedics and sports medicine team. Again, easy for you to make that appointment at 206-6500 or online at watertownregional.com. The proceeding was a paid program. Advice and opinions expressed during the program are solely that of Watertown Regional Medical Center, not WBEV or Good Karma Brands.